From Cornstalk Heights in small town America, welcome to the High Road. We're the new voice of the exhaustive majority. Here now is your host, Donnie Hall. Welcome to our fourth edition of The High Road, the voice of the exhausted majority. I'm Donnie Hall, and I'm glad you could join us. Coming up in the program, we'll get into some current events that include recent U.S. military actions and some new economic data that you may find interesting. We will break down the current situation in Washington, and of course, we will bring you some good news. Finally, I'll explain why what's happening in other parts of the world is important to us here in the USA. First, some breaking news. Representative George Santos, a New York Republican, has been expelled from Congress in what is being called a bipartisan vote. He is only the sixth member to have been expelled from the institution. Now, moving on, I I do want to apologize for the gap between episodes two and three. Just as we were getting this podcast underway, I came down with what I thought was bronchitis. When I went to the doctor, I found out what I had was RSV, which I had honestly never heard of before. I'm happy to report the coughing has mostly gone away, my voice is coming back, and I'm no longer contagious. So here we go, on with another exciting edition of The High Road. To begin, I want want to touch base on the Great Divide in America. We've often thrown out the the statistics that only 6% of Americans are considered extreme right-wingers, and only 8% are on the extreme left. According to the math, that leaves 86% of us somewhere in the middle. The exhausted majority. Why then, if we are the majority, as the numbers clearly say we are, Why don't we have a bigger voice in what's being reported by the mainstream media? Let me suggest that all the noise that is created and covered by the drive-bys comes primarily from the two extremes, and that's what they want. To date, this podcast excluded, we in the political middle have no voice. Here's a minor example of how the media drives the rift. Instead of taking the high road on an issue, the drive-bys go for the fantastical when reporting. And now, even the politicians are getting fantastical with how they argue with each other. But the rift isn't just in politics. I have more to say about this, which we will do on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. This is the high road. As veterans, we're no strangers to helping others. That's what we were taught, service before self. But we do have one question for the veterans listening. When is the last time you reached out for help? If you or someone you know needs resources, whether it's for stress, finances, employment, or mental health, don't wait. Reach out. Find more information at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Okay, we are back on the high road. Before the break, we were talking about the rifts or divides in our political lives and culture. Yes, there are growing rifts all around us, and they're even getting into our churches. 
Just last week, the Pope ordered the removal of the Bishop of Tyler, Texas, who is conservative and active on social media. He's also he's often been critical of the pontiff. So then later this week, I read where a conservative cardinal was told to move out of the Vatican. Not being a Catholic, I really don't have a dog in that hunt, but it just goes to show that these rifts, these divisions, are more than just in politics. They're invading our culture as well as our religious institutions. Now, my dad, who is one of the deepest thinkers and most righteous man I've ever known, always taught me to not complain unless I had a solution. So then, how do we cure these rifts? How do we convince our neighbors that sometimes, you know, it's okay to disagree? Not everybody has the same favorite color. Mine is blue. If yours isn't, does that mean I like you less? No, it's okay to disagree and still be hospitable. Now, remember, the rift. Here's my solution. Are you ready? A compulsory year or two of military or civil service. Now, before you get all crazy about this, just give me a listen. Along with my upbringing as a child, I credit my years in the military for helping develop the person I am today. I met and lived with people from varied walks of life, from different parts of the nation, big cities, small towns, and I spent a lot of time in other countries as well. Through it all, I learned a lot about people. I'm still conservative. I still love my Jesus, but I also understand that it takes all of us, all of us working together to make this society and this country work. I think military or civil service would be good for our young people, and, and we could bring up generations that, that know how to tolerate and get along with others, even if they are different. They could be people who look more at what we have in common than what our differences are. And the immortal words of Florence Scump, that's all I have to say about that. Moving on, our condolences go out to former President Jimmy Carter on the passing of his wife, Rosalind, to the Kissinger family and the passing of former President, uh, Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, and to the family of the first female Supreme Court Justice, Sandra Day O'Connor. Now, while we might not have always agreed with them, all of them always seemed, to me anyway, to have the best interest of the country in mind. Now, further condolences are extended to the families of the five American service members who were killed in a crash on November 10th. After their helicopter had a mishap during a routine air refueling mission and went down in the eastern Mediterranean Sea. In a statement, the U.S. European Command stated that the crash was under investigation, but there are, and this is a quote, there are no indications of hostile activity, end quote. They make it a point to note no hostile activity because we have been engaged in several episodes of hostile activity in the Middle East recently. According to ABC News, the U.S. military returned fire and Iran-backed militants who injured several troops in Iraq when they launched a missile attack from a truck early on November 21st. The attack left several of our folks with minor injuries. Now, <laughs> here's the oh crap for the Iranian militants. An American AC-130 gunship that was airborne in the area observed the attack and tracked the militants' vehicle and, well, they unleashed a little hell. The U.S. determined that several of the Iranian-linked fighters were killed in the counter-strike. 
The Pentagon says the missile attack on November 21st was the 66th attack from Iranian proxies against U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria since October 17th. Yes, I said 66. The following day, on November 22nd, U.S. fighter jets in Iraq hit two Iranian-linked militant bases, which was the fourth round of American retaliatory strikes in response to these near-daily attacks on U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria. Not too many years ago, at an event in Nashville where my, my wife was performing, it seemed the only person I knew there was a congressman. I think I may have been the only person he recognized in the place, too. As he and I chatted, I asked how things were going inside the Beltway. At the time, he said he was gravely concerned about the situation in North Korea and the possible commitment of troops to the region. I told him about a recent conversation I had had with a member of a special forces group that was tasked to that part of the world and how his concern was at a heightened state as well. I'm saying this just to say that our military, our U.S. military, is on many fronts at the moment. The Middle East, where we're facing near-daily attacks. We are prepared for conflicts that could occur with North Korea and or China. There's the Israel-Palestinian conflict and the war in Ukraine, for which we have helped train the Ukrainians for years prior to the beginning of the conflict. With everything that's going on in this crazy, crazy world, our military needs your constant prayers and unwavering support. As things get tougher, the national leadership can probably use some prayers too. Whew. With all of this I have just talked about, uh, I was in, all of this was intended to be covered in the opening segment. With only about a minute left until a hard break, let me share this with you. Yahoo News says gas prices are presently at their lowest level of 2023. The national average is down a quarter from last month to $3.30 per gallon. Meanwhile, according to CBS News, the typical American household will need to spend an additional, get this, an additional $11,434 annually just to maintain the same standard of living they enjoyed in January of 2021. Finally, the Federal Reserve says more people have started saving money, and that is that it's convenient for them to save larger bills. During the pandemic, Americans began carrying more cash, so the Fed decided to raise the printing rate of $50 bills, of which they printed, get this, 756,096,000 of them in 2022. $37,803,000,000. $800,000 in 50s. That's a lot of grants. Up next, we'll see what's going on at our nation's capital right now. Got to take this break. We'll be right back. From the Smoky Mountains to the Pacific Ocean and all points in between, you're on the high road, the voice of the exhausted majority. With the presidential election still so far off and with so many candidates running, with whom do you ideologically connect? Based on the issues, how do you really know who is best for you? Well, there's a website called isidewith.com where you can take a survey on the issues and it will compare your answers to those of the candidates and show you in percentages how close or how far you are from each member of the field. 
I did it and was honestly shocked with the candidate that ended up at the top of my list at 82%. Not going to say who that is just yet, but check it out for yourself at isidewith.com. That's isidewith.com. Kids across America are going to school hungry. Millions of kids every day. Hungry kids get sick more often and can struggle in school. It can be harder for them to focus and learn. But one simple thing can help change all of this for a hungry child in America. Good healthy food and the energy it brings. With help from caring people across America, No Kid Hungry is providing healthy meals and hope to hungry kids so they can build better futures. We want to ensure that all of our kids have healthy meals every day. Thank you. Thank you for helping feed our kids. To learn more about ending child hunger in America, go to helpnokidhungry.org today. To the high road, I'm Donnie Hall. Wow, there's just so much to cover every hour of every day, and we can't fit it all in in this 30-minute in this podcast. For that reason, we hope in the near future, probably right after the first of the year, we will be able to come to you live Monday through Friday, maybe, for one, two, or three hours. It's a plan we're working on with our producers and hopefully our advertisers. So, until then, let's jump back into today's program. The House GOP is pursuing a two-step plan to avert another government shutdown. That is according to CNN. And we'll circle back around to this story later on. As you may have figured out by now, I don't hold much love for either President Biden or former President Trump. I'm looking for a leader who can lead from the middle rather than from one of the extremes. What Biden and Trump and their handlers and the media are doing just seems to be a ploy to pull as many of the exhausted majority one way or the other. In truth, we in the center need to pull people together and put an end to the crap that's being sold to us as filet mignon. Just saying. The New York Times reported recently that Democrats want Trump posted all over the news. I'm quoting the article here. When Donald Trump left the White House, Democrats didn't want to hear another word from him. President Joe Biden dismissed him as the former guy. A party-wide consensus held that he was best left ignored. Three years later, Biden's re-election campaign and Democratic officials have landed on a new solution to Biden's political slump. Let Trump be heard by all, especially regarding the criminal actions. Now, while Biden's camp is posturing for a possible re-election, The Hill tells us that Biden is losing ground with young voters, which is prompting Democratic concerns. Quoting from the November 12th article, Democrats are raising concerns that President Biden's standing among young voters is in jeopardy. After polling released this week showed Biden is effectively tied with former President Trump among young voters. 
the fur the uh, survey says survey the survey says thirty percent are for Biden, twenty nine percent for Trump, and get this. 34% are presently backing independent candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. This is what I'm talking about, y'all. People are tired of the extreme left and extreme right pulling us one way or the other, and the young people are showing it. Why else would RFK Jr., who's not really a player in the national stage at this point, get that much support in the poll? They are tired of the bull. There are a lot of issues connected to the Biden decline, but please don't think I'm only beating up the president. The former president has some punches coming, too. On November 11, the New York Times reported that former President Trump, and I'm quoting here, is planning an extreme expansion of his first-term crackdown on immigration if he returns to power in 2025, including, including, preparing to round up people living in the United States without legal permission and doing it on a vast scale and then detaining them in sprawling camps while they wait to be expelled, end quote. Doesn't this planned plan sound eerily similar to something that, I don't know, started with the Jewish people in Europe back in the 1930s? Or how about the 1830s Trail of Tears here in America? I'm just asking, all right? Get me on this. Illegal immigration is a huge problem, and it taxes our national resources to the breaking point. Several years ago, on behalf of a former employer, I helped a few people immigrate to the U.S. legally. And just let me say this about it. It's a tough, tough, tough process. Now, think of this. Think of our country as a country club, any country club, anywhere, We have a great golf course, an amazing pool, tennis courts, fabulous dining. And and to get these perks, you have to be a member. What if all of a sudden non-members were allowed to freely appreciate all the amenities for which you have been paying dues for years? That's the way I look at the U.S. We are an exclusive club with benefits specifically for the members. If you're not a member and you want in, pay for the membership. When you do that, no one will argue with your presence. But concentration camps and mass deportation? There's got to be a high road somewhere. All right, moving on. According to the LA Times, in six battleground states, Trump leads Biden in five of them. This is just, of course, a snapshot of how things appear today, not a forecast of how things will play out on Election Day. In 1992, George H.W. Bush seemed unbeatable early on, but then things changed. Democrat Bill Clinton was a distant third or fourth behind Al Gore and Jesse Jackson, but rose up to win the party nomination and, ultimately, the presidency. Remember the 2008 Democratic primaries? John Edwards was the clear frontrunner until his marital discretions were revealed. Following Edwards in the polls was Hillary Clinton, and all of a sudden, Out of nowhere, an unknown senator from Illinois, Barack Obama, was interviewed and endorsed by none other than Oprah Winfrey. And again, boom, he became a two-term president of the United States. With Edwards' already damaged goods, Obama outlasted Mrs. Clinton, his eventual vice president, Joe Biden, as well as a slew of others. What I'm saying here is, in the words of Yogi Berra, 
It ain't over till it's over. In 2024, any candidate from any party, even a third party, could be taking the oath of office in January of 2025. Next, I wanted to talk about the impending government shutdown, which is coming up in January. And I wanted to give a report on the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. But we're up against another hard break. I guess I just talked too much. Uh, There's plenty of time before everything unravels, so we will report on the gentleman from Louisiana and the pending shutdown in our next program. Let's leave this segment with this thought. For years and years, many people in Hollywood thought their words off screen would serve to influence people, and oftentimes it has. Most often I feel like I'm being told what and how to think by an entertainer. On November, uh, on November 21st, the Los Angeles Times reported that actress Susan Sarandon was dropped as a client of United Talent Agency following remarks that she made about the Israel-Hamas war. And another actress was dropped from a leading role in a blockbuster movie because of pro-Palestinian comments she made. In the early 1970s, Elvis Presley was asked in a press conference about his thoughts on protesters and the Vietnam War. Elvis quickly replied to the reporter, Honey, I just choose to keep my own personal views about that to myself because I'm just an entertainer and I'd rather not say. Uh, Today's celebs could take that advice from the king of rock and roll to heart. We'll be back with some good news right after this. Powered by Spotify, you're listening to The High Road. There's more right after this. Now. We tend not to think about now. We dream about tomorrow, relive yesterday. But right now in front of us is victory over cancer. Right now, cancer research funded by the V Foundation is leading to better treatments and saving lives. Victory over cancer is there for the taking by you. Because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Learn more at V.org. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back to the program. Now, just so we realize all is not lost, here is some good news. According to Billboard magazine, the Beatles' newest and last song, Now and Then, debuted on the Billboard Hot 100 at number 7, making it their 35th top 10 hit 
and the group's first since 1996. Meanwhile, Forbes magazine says Dolly Parton's new album, Rockstar, is numero uno on no less than three Billboard charts. Gotta love it. Congratulations to the Beatles and to Dolly. Old school coming back at us. As we mentioned earlier, gas prices across the country have dropped to an average of $3.30 per gallon. NBC reports a Burger King employee went viral after not missing a day of work in 27 years. Where is he now? Still working. The network also shared a report of some good being done by a player in the NBA. New York Knicks center Mitchell Robinson invited his high school coach, Butch Stockton, to come live with him in New York while he gets his, quote-unquote, gets his mind straight after recently losing his wife of 31 years to cancer. For the mentorship he received in high school, Robinson wanted to return the favor to his former coach in his time of need. And that's some good news right there. Earlier, we talked about the great divide being experienced in our land. Well, CBS News reports this past summer, more than 300 high school graduates signed up for a unique student exchange program. The report says, unlike the well-known foreign exchange model that affords students a chance to study abroad, this program gives students the opportunity to soak in a brand new culture without ever leaving the country. It's called the American Exchange Project and was co-founded by David McAuliffe III, grandson of the Pulitzer Prize-winning historian David McAuliffe. According to the younger McAuliffe, we fund kids to spend a week in the summer after senior year in an American town that is politically and socioeconomically and culturally very different from the one they're growing up in. The program is now in its third year. And that's good news, everyone. Good news indeed. Don't go away. We'll be right back with some final thoughts. You're in tune with the voice of the exhausted majority. This is The High Road with Donnie Hall. There are places with people in this world that are without any hope. That is, until Mercy Ships arrives. Mercy Ships is a place restoring sight to the blind, help to the outcast, and love to the brokenhearted. Mercy Ships brings love to the lost and forgotten. To learn more, go to mercyships.org. Welcome back to The High Road. I'm Donnie Hall. I've often talked about how Washington has overstepped its bounds and how we should be more concerned with what's going on first in our local governments and then our state governments. Our last concern should be with what's going on inside the Beltway. However, there's one thing we do need to pay attention to, and that's what's going on in other parts of the world. What happens across the seas affects us at an economic level here in the U.S. Let me explain. The South American and Chinese farmer can grow their crops and get them to the farm gate more economically than the American farmer can. It's a fact. They can. However, thanks to our inland river infrastructure, we can take our crops from the farm gate and transport them to the port of export way better than anyone else in the world can. Again, this is because of our river system and the fact that we mostly keep it in good repair. This alone 
allows us to maintain an advantage over our competitors in South America and Asia. A few years back, when a gasoline crisis occurred, service stations were running out of gas all over the country. All the while, fuel prices were skyrocketing. What I learned during that time was that we Americans could absorb the higher cost for a time much better than they could in, say, China or South America. Folks, we live in a global economy. While I believe politics is local first, followed by state, followed by national, I also believe our economy requires a more global perspective. After all, if South America is suffering a drought, that makes it all the better for the American farmer to sell their crops at a higher price in the world market. We have to pay attention to what's happening around us, the good and the bad. It is the only way to stay competitive. Okay, today's quote comes from author and activist James Baldwin. Baldwin wrote, Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. James Baldwin. And that will do it for this edition of The High Road. I'm Donnie Hall. On behalf of the exhausted majority, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, say your prayers. And remember, the high road is always the best road.